welcome to the East Surrey Bump to Birth podcast, hosted by myself, Emma, and my wonderful friend, Becca. This podcast is dedicated to parents-to-be and new families in the East Surrey area, providing a wealth of knowledge and support through the exciting journey of pregnancy and birth. Join us as we discuss everything from prenatal care and childbirth education to navigating the challenges of life with a new baby. We'll be joined by guest expert speakers, including midwives, doulas, breastfeeding experts, nutritionists, and more, who will share their insights and expertise to help you make informed decisions and feel confident in your choices. Whether you're a first-time parent or a seasoned pro, the East Surrey Bump to Birth podcast has something for everyone. With a focus on empowering parents, we will help you feel calm, confident, and supported through your pregnancy and birth journey. So tune in and get ready to be inspired. Hi Emma. Hello Beth, how are you? Good. No, not a bad week, how about you? Not too bad. Not yeah. too bad, getting ready for the summer holiday. I was about to say, <laughs> it's really fast approaching, isn't it? Really fast approaching. I've just got summer camp, it's fine, I can keep my sanity, my children will not be at home the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh lucky, I've got my son booked in for a few dates, but it's figuring out what to do the rest of the time. So. Oh, it's always complicated. Oh, we've got two weeks anyway, two weeks yeah. before the madness. Right, and today we are not alone again. Today we have another guest visitor. Very exciting, we do. We have the lovely Jess. Hello. <laughs> Who is, um, her business is Women's Physiotherapy Rygate. Yeah. And she's here today, well, here to talk about pelvic floor health, aren't you? And yes. everything related to that. And particularly related to like pregnancy and once you've had a baby, so that yeah. you know kind of what to do when you're pregnant and then what to expect afterwards. Amazing. I definitely find with clients that I teach that that ongoing like old joke of like oh yeah well once I've had kids you know if I sneeze I'll piss my pants sort of thing I'm yeah like, no it doesn't no, have to be no, that yeah way. it's common but definitely not normal no. and highly treatable so Absolutely. yeah so it's just educating women really isn't it but yeah. there's so much you can do before birth as Absolutely. well not just after birth yes and irrespective of your birth um it's good to strengthen your pelvic floor whether you have a section or vaginal delivery absolutely so yeah can you, um, first of all, just in case anyone doesn't know, what, what is the pelvic floor? Okay, so the pelvic floor, it's a, a complex system of 23 muscles, um, and they're arranged in uh, two main layers. So we have our superficial pelvic floor that sits just under the skin, and then we have our deep pelvic floor, which has more muscles within it, right. and the whole system works together to do various um, jobs. Okay. So it's actually very complex then, isn't it, really? Yeah, not just one muscle that you've got to do no. your squeezy app and the uh, yes. thing with. Well, that's it. I kind of visual- I've always visualised it as like one just massive muscle. Yes. I knew it was big. I yeah. know it covers quite a wide area, but I didn't realise it was that complex yeah. and, and some women they work one part of the pelvic floor quite well and other parts not so well so mm-hmm. often the superficial can work maybe a little bit too hard the deep is a bit weaker mm-hmm. and they're often asymmetrical so one side for example the left might be stronger than the right oh, so it can vary throughout the pelvic floor as well and what is the actual job of the pelvic floor? What is it there to do? Okay, so it has lots of different functions. So the main, the main function is it supports our pelvic organs. So our pelvic organs is our bladder, our uterus and vagina and our bowel. So they mm-hmm. sit, effectively sit on our pelvic floor. And therefore it controls the openings of the urethra and anus and maintains constant. So it essentially keeps us dry. 
Um, it also manages intra-abdominal pressure. So what that means is when you cough or laugh or run, there's a rise in pressure inside your tummy and that pushes down on your pelvic floor and the pelvic floor should meet that pressure and, and stop the um, openings from opening, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it also maintains our anorectal angle, which is, so in our rectum where our stool sits before we're going to have a poo, um, the pelvic floor basically keeps that angle acute and it keeps it shut and then we, when we go to pass a stool the angle the pelvic floor relaxes and the angle gets less the stool can pass mm. so it's a really important muscle for mm. keeping stool inside when we want it to stay inside and allowing it to come out when we want it to and um, it also it has an inhibitory effect on the bladder so our bladder is surrounded by a muscle called detrusor um, and when we have a wee detrusor squeezes and the pelvic floor relaxes out comes the wee but equally if we're dying for a wee and we want to kind of get that urgency to go away if we lift our pelvic floor it makes detrusor relax so they work in opposing ways which mm. is a quite clever system mm. it also provides sensation and tone for pain-free intercourse um, and it helps to strengthen parts of our body outside the pelvic floor such as our pelvis our lower back and our hips mm. and that whole system actually works together so although I go on a lot about the pelvic floor mm. the other muscles in the area are also quite important such as our glutes and our tummy and how we mm. breathe and they actually all work together in sync and that moves on to the diaphragm so the pelvic floor goes up and down as we breathe so when we breathe in our diaphragm lowers as does our pelvic floor as we breathe out they both come up again and that happens all day without us realizing um, and it's really important that this happens because that's kind of our precious our pressure system um, so our pelvic floor it's it's a complex muscle system that moves around depending on what we're doing it doesn't remain static it goes up when we need it goes back down to its baseline when we don't need it um, and it's very reactive as well so it shoots up when we cough to keep everything closed fascinating isn't it I I guess we don't we take it for granted don't we yeah totally yeah until it starts to not work so well and then then... (laughs) which actually leads on to our next question really what which is what is pelvic floor dysfunction okay yeah it does so the pelvic floor dysfunction is when it's not working optimally so there's a problem with the pelvic floor Mm -hmm. and it can present in different ways so I guess the obvious ones are that we might notice leaks of urine with certain activities like coughing laughing sneezing or jumping and that's known as stressed urine incontinence Mm -hmm. um or we may have urgency to have a wee um so that we have to rush off the toilet because think if I don't go there quickly I'm going to have a leak um or we might notice that we're going to the loo more frequently than we used to so that's the kind of bladder signs of a pelvic floor dysfunction. We might find that we can't control wind or that we lose stool, um, so faecal incontinence. Um, and then we may have a feeling of something coming down our vagina or feeling of heaviness, which could be a prolapse. Um, or we might be finding intercourse painful or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, so pain during intercourse is not, uh, it's not normal, but it is common and it can definitely be treated. Um, we also may be constipated, so things aren't moving very well through the system and we might find it hard to pass a stool. Because um, there are quite um, complicated dynamics when you when you pass a stool and it has to work in a certain way. Otherwise, it's quite hard to get it out. And that puts more pressure on our pelvic floor, which we don't really want. Um, and if you have any of these symptoms, then the best thing to do is to go and see your GP. Get referred to pelvic health physio. I believe locally you can actually self-refer or you can go privately, whichever you want to do. But it's out there and it's available and definitely yeah. seek help if you need to. Yeah, they all sound like problems that we do all... Yeah, the old wives' tales, things that we kind of do associate with just... Being women that have had I babies, know. And not I know, and it's just not good enough, no, is it? And, and we shouldn't need to stick a pad in. That's really no, sad when it could be treated. Well, that's what sort of the, the TV advert suggests as well. You see mm. them all the time about oh, bladder incontinence. Here's the pads yeah. or whatever, yeah. and that's 
sort of telling you, oh, that's a solution, just wear a pad. But yeah. it and really it, isn't. It's a sticking plaster. So they mm. have their place for sure, but we don't really want to be using them long term necessarily because mm. it's not great for our skin no. particularly. And also just for our own kind of confidence and mental yeah. health. No one wants absolutely. to leak. It's, it's not a nice yeah. thing to happen. No, no absolutely. And um, why does pregnancy affect our pelvic floor what is going on there okay so um so when we're pregnant our pelvic floor lengthens and becomes thinner and that's to accommodate the grown baby in the same way our abdominals they do the same as well mm-hmm. um so it's getting weaker over time throughout the pregnancy um, and then during vaginal delivery it's actually two and a half times its normal length which is amazing wow. there's no other muscle in the body that does that um so quite incredible really um and then postnatally it needs to be exercised to gain strength and function so we can get back to all the things that we enjoy mm-hmm. so hobbies and sports for example but we can't really rush this stage so and our recovery time might be affected by factors such as whether we had an instrumental delivery so if one twos or forceps is probably going to delay that return to high impact, high impact sports for a while but it doesn't mean to say oh, we won't go back it's just it might take that little bit longer to recover yeah. because of the forces with forceps and one twos yeah. they can absolutely affect the pelvic floor and how quickly it regains its function if you've had tears or an episiotomy, it's the same thing. It might take a little bit longer. Um, and it's your own recovery journey and not to be compared with anyone else. It's really how you feel after your birth and when you're ready to go back with a guided return. Um, the size of the baby um, and also the length of pushing phase can also affect our recovery time. So a big baby or pushing for more than two hours, it's just because of those forces through the pelvic floor and how quickly then it might recover. Um, and post-C-section, like I said earlier, that's, it still needs rehab because although the baby didn't go, go through the vagina with a C-section, that you've had an abdominal injury, so that's going to weaken that part of the system that we talked about earlier. But also the pelvic floor will, will also be lengthened and weakened having just carried that baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, although it's less risk having a section for the pelvic floor, it will still need rehabilitation afterwards. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting because um, actually while you were saying that, I was thinking back to my first child mm. and I had a forcep delivery and a third degree tear as well during yeah. the first delivery mm. and my pelvic floor was significantly weakened after that delivery and yes. I had problems for a long time and I think this is going back eight years ago but the sad fact is I didn't actually get help with that for a long time it yeah. was almost like the referral for that took so long mm. um that I had pelvic floor issues for a long time like, yeah. and it's it's I'm hoping it's got a lot better since then I'm hoping that you know, it's come a long way in treatment yeah. since then. But I remember back then, I suffered for a long, long time. It's and I such wish I would have known all this pelvic health education yeah. then. Really. Absolutely. I mean, it, times are changing for sure. It is slow. Mm. But they are realising that, you know, women later on in their 50s and 60s, when they then start to have problems, they don't, women don't always have problems straight after their delivery. Mm. Some do. But mm. some are okay. They're like, oh, I had a forceps and I was fine. Mm. But then later when they hit the menopause or perimenopause, then it can sometimes yeah, come back to bite yeah, a bit because yeah. we're losing our strength at that point. Mm-hmm. So if we had an underlying weakness, it can reveal itself. Whereas if those women had been seen postnatally, they possibly wouldn't have had problems later. Mm-hmm. So I think preventative-wise, it's also really important. But you're right, Absolutely. it's so important that it's addressed and, and that we're looked Absolutely. after. Absolutely. I think the earlier you can address it, the better it's going to be really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So think about preventing how can we prevent these yeah exactly okay so so the first thing is when you're pregnant so the, i'm going to give you four kind of main things to think about really and to do hopefully so obviously i'm going to say pelvic floor exercises because yeah. we know that that system is becoming um, weaker and thinner whilst we're pregnant mm. so we need to try and maintain any strength that we're losing um, and it will also make a huge difference postnatally to one's recovery and then how soon you can get back to all the things you want to do so how do we do up 
help for exercises. Mm. So I'm going to teach you how to do those now. Oh, so hopefully everybody's sitting comfortably. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the first thing is how do we actually move our pelvic floor and make it work? So you need to imagine that you're in a public place and you think you're about to pass wind. So what you need to do is you need to stop that wind from coming out by squeezing and lifting your back passage. And because that's where we initiate the pelvic floor okay. contraction from. So it's a looped muscle and it starts at the back passage and moves forward. So for some women, well, for most women, that is the best cue and it gets the muscle working correctly. For some women, they might think, I just can't get that. And they might want to think about uh, lifting up their vagina or lifting up their urethra. So imagine stopping wee. That's the worst. I've always But yeah. sometimes yeah. that causes the superficial pelvic floor to work and it doesn't get the deep bit working right. because they are all different muscles. Right. So okay. to get the whole thing working, it's much better to lift your back passage yeah. if you can do so and imagine the wind's coming out. So you mm. squeeze and lift and that's the activity that we need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first thing. So the next thing is, well, how, what, how, what do you do with this muscle? So it has two types of muscle fibre in it. It has quick fire fibres, which are the ones that react when we cough. So when we cough, it lifts up very quickly to stop everything from leaking out. And then we have our, our um, endurance fibres, and they're the ones that need to hold the wee in if we need to find, uh, if we need a wee and there's no toilet around. So it gives us endurance. And we need to exercise both types of fibres to get the best function out of our pelvic floor. Okay. So we need to do quick ones, and we need to do long holds. So we'll have a little practice now. Okay. So what yeah. we're going to do is we're going to squeeze and lift, and we're going to lower. Squeeze and lift and we're going to lower, and we're going to squeeze and lift, and we're going to lower. So it's a quick up, and then, it's, and, and then you just relax down. The down hasn't got to be a quick drop, but it's the quick up that we're trying to train here to get it to react, that reactive um, activity of the muscle. And you're trying to do about 10 if you can. So 10 reps, one after the other. They haven't got to be done quickly, but the up needs to be quick. But the succession okay. hasn't got to be quick. Okay. Then we've got our long holds. So for our long holds, we're going to squeeze and lift. We're going to hold it up in the air. I'm going to hold. I'm going to kind of count one. Two, keep breathing. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and let go. Now, for some of you, this will just be too hard, and that's okay. Just do what you feel you can, and as it gets stronger, you'll hopefully get to that 10 second hold. Like yeah. muscle. Exactly. Not, we're yeah. just trying to wake it up, then yeah. we're going to try yeah. and work it, and then we're going to see how long we can work it for. Yeah. yeah. Um, and really, you need to try and aim for that 10 second hold, but it's important that you don't hold your breath because mm. it needs to work how we normally use it, and we don't normally go around holding our breath. Yeah. Yeah, it makes so it needs sense. to work while we're breathing. Yeah. Um, um, now, the other thing to say is that position. So the easiest position to do it, so if you're pregnant, you're probably going to do it in side lying because lying on your back isn't so good after the second trimester. So side lying and you can practice it there. So that's kind of to learn the technique if you're struggling. Mm. Once you've got the technique, then you need to practice it in sitting and particularly standing because mm. when we're in standing, we're up against gravity. So we need to work that muscle in the positions that we're mostly in. Mm. Um, harder hot carrying a baby because you've got an extra weight there, mm. but good for your pelvic floor. Yeah. Um, so and also often women don't leak lying down they normally leak standing up so yeah. we need to work that muscle in standing to replicate when it's starting to not work for us um, so those are the kind of positions to do it in so as I say antenatally you're aiming for 10 quick ones a 10 second hold maybe up to five times if you can okay. a couple of times a day and that will yeah. really keep your pelvic floor in good shape up until the point you have your baby yeah that's so really that's good. our pelvic floor. Yeah. So the next thing is perineal massage, which you may or may have yeah. heard of that. Okay, yeah. so perineal massage is recommended from 35 weeks pregnant, uh, pregnancy, so not before. Um, and the idea is it's a self-stretching technique to reduce the risk of perineal tears during vaginal delivery. So there's emerging evidence for the effectiveness of this technique, so it's mm. definitely worth doing. Mm. Um, so there's a very good... Um, 
not, it's not a video, it's a cartoon on my expert with midwife, yes. um, yeah. which you may have heard of. Yeah. And because it's quite hard to explain it on a podcast, but essentially yeah. you're stretching your perineum to get it used to that feeling of stretch so that when you deliver you don't then suddenly contract because that's I think what could cause those tears so the question is can we actually stretch that tissue I don't know that we actually make it more stretchy Mm -hmm. but we get our body used to that feeling of stretch so we don't react to it that's what I always say to my clients you can't build this into something you do every day yes at least do it once so you understand what your anatomy feels like yes and you know what that stingy kind of burny feeling feels yes. like so it's not such a shock map yeah first time. and we'll put a link down below in the show notes to that absolutely. video on my expert with midwife yeah. so you can go yeah. and see it's, 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 really, it's really good yeah. um, and in terms of what to use you could use almond oil you can use vitamin E oil or, can you, or you can use olive oil or you can use Pepio Bits, which is sell, sold by expert midwife yeah, if you yeah. haven't got to yeah. and you want to try and do it for a couple of minutes couple of times a day from 35 weeks if yeah. you can and yeah. as you say if you only manage it once that's fine but just trying to get used yeah. to that feeling will really help yeah. so that's two things the third thing is physical activity so there's a load of evidence for the benefits of physical activity i.e doing some sort of exercise whilst you're pregnant if you can and if you're medically allowed to do so yeah. so obviously with a high risk pregnancy you need to check with the midwife for your consultant mm, yeah. but mm. if you're in a low risk pregnancy you've exercised before being pregnant it has huge benefits and what it shows is it can reduce the incidence of gestational diabetes gestational hypertension so high blood pressure incontinence low back and pelvic pain and poor sleep and anxiety and stress so mm. all for the benefit mm. now the recommended amount it sounds quite high it's 150 minutes per week so that's 30 minutes, five days a week. Yeah. But it can be broken down into two 15-minute sessions. So you might do a Absolutely. walk in the morning, a walk in the evening. Yeah. So yeah. that's more achievable. And if you don't achieve the 150 minutes, it's still okay because you're still getting benefit. So it's not like if it's 150 minutes or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. If you manage 100 yeah. minutes, that's still beneficial to you and your baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think it can also make labour a bit shorter. So it's hugely beneficial mm. if, you, if you can maintain some degree of fitness. Yeah. And also you'll labour better and you'll probably also recover more quickly afterwards. Yeah. Makes sense. It's like training. Yeah. I mean, having a baby is like it's oh, like running a marathon yeah. oh, it is. whether it's sexual yeah. or vaginal exactly. so yeah. some people are so daunted by the idea of well, how do I stay fit but like what but it can be a walk yeah, exactly it's 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 simple. Yeah. you don't need to have doing a special no special you know, jogs or anything pregnancy or... no video on YouTube whatever exactly. it is yeah. whatever feels right and yeah. comfortable for exactly. your body absolutely yeah. and yeah. something yeah. you enjoy so something if you enjoy swimming before I'd go on something um, yeah. pregnant etc yeah you're absolutely right and within the summer it's lovely to go out for a walk anyway yeah, yeah. so that's, yeah. that's good and then the final thing is to avoid constipation because we don't want you to be straining to push out that stool because mm. that pushes down on your foot muscle, muscle floor your muscle your pelvic floor sorry and therefore you know it's going to affect a system that's already a bit weakened mm. so to avoid mm. constipation Drink enough fluids, number one. Yeah. Number two, you could try something like ground flaxseed in your diet. Mm-hmm. I think it's brilliant, ground flaxseed. Okay. Once you open it up, you put it in the fridge and you put it on your cereal in the morning. It's a bit like ground up brown flakes, yeah. but it can be life-changing in terms of getting that stool to be soft. Oh, um, okay. Also, when you go to have a poo, stick a stool under your feet. So you want your knees yeah. above your hips, which lessens that anorectal anu- angle that I talked about. And that's why it's easier to pass a stool because it straightens you out. Yeah, um, and then finally, so you sit up to you lean forward with your knees above your hips and then if you're really struggling to get the stool out you can do some various noises which might prepare you for birth anyway <laughs> so it's things like the move to poo sound so if you go moo or you go shh or you go grr or you blow through your fist um, it creates the right pressure abdominally to get the stool out it stops you tightening your tummy up so if you tighten your tummy up you tighten up your pelvic floor it won't come out 
And actually, one of the things you probably teach in your course as well, Emma, is the down breathing. Um, yeah. So we teach a technique called the down when you're at the pushing stage. Yes. It's um, very much like a quick sort of downwards breath. Oh, okay. But very yes. So, again, that's good practice. It is. do that then for, yeah. lab- for practice for labour as well. Exactly. It's a, a similar sort of breathing technique. Yeah. yeah. And, and I guess it's all I learned that helpful to pay out and relax yes. and let the baby out or the stool out, whatever yeah. it might yes. be. Interestingly, one of my... Yeah, sorry, boys. TMI. There were some constipation issues in my children's earlier years, toddlerhood. <laughs> yes. And we were told to get them to blow through a straw. There you and go. That was never explained to me why. There you go. Just, okay. Yeah. Anyway. So you could do yeah. that too, blow through yeah. a straw. It it's the same as blowing through a fist. Yes. It all makes sense. Yeah, so it's just creating sense. that right internal pressure mm. that doesn't doesn't lock up your pelvic floor and stop you from releasing mm. that pelvic floor. It's a really common pregnancy it issue is. with being constipated. Especially oh, yeah. later yeah. on, like isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I know. Play Havoc, so yeah, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Keep those tools nice and soft. Yes, exactly. Right, so that's all to do with um, pregnancy. But I guess now it's to do with once you've had baby. what do you do after birth to okay. help with your pelvic floor? Okay, so um, so the first thing I'd say is that you can do a pelvic floor exercise almost immediately after giving birth, which might be quite surprising. However, if you've got a catheter in, then don't do them until it's come out and you've had a wee. Yeah. So catheter must be out, you've had a wee, and then you can start. But don't have high expectations necessarily. Mm. And if it feels all funny down below, that's completely normal. So all you're aiming to do postnatally for that first week or so is just squeeze and lift your pelvic floor, and yeah. that's it. So yeah. just find that muscle again and yeah, start to get it to work it. yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Reconnect. Retrain it. you can lie yeah. down you can sit when you're feeding just turn it on and off and see how that feels yeah. the benefit of that is it gets the blood supply to the area it's going to help with healing and mm. it's the first step of your, your journey back to being you yeah. again and getting back to what you want to do yeah. Yeah. so week one about one second hold about 10 times if you can but oh, yeah. it's not set figures really I think that's all I could manage to do from memory yeah. I think yeah. about one second it's realistic first, isn't it yeah I think, I think any more than that is very very difficult yeah. isn't it and we want it to be achievable otherwise yeah. you, you know you just give up and this is pointless yeah. no. and then week two two second hold so we're going to do another second if we can yeah. week three three second hold we, you can see what I'm going to yeah. say next week four <laughs> four second hold etc so as we start to do longer holds we can also bring in those quick ones as well because remember we need to do two types of um, muscle strengthening mm-hmm. So we're finding it to start with, we're going to turn it on and off, we're going to try and hold it for as long as we can. So that hopefully by about six weeks you're doing about a six second hold, mm. but don't worry if you're not. If you feel like you've got no idea, no connection, then I'd definitely go to your GP to see a women's health physio mm. just right, to see okay. what's happening. Because yeah. sometimes so the nerve that um, innervates the pelvic floor is the pudendal nerve and it can sometimes get a bit squashed when we deliver. So women find it quite hard to find that muscle because they haven't got that sensation of it, mm. but they might be doing it okay. Or equally, they might need a bit of help from us to get it started and, and for yeah. us to go, right, this is where the muscle is, this is what you need to do, and they start yeah. to get it to work again. Yeah. So that if that reconnection is missing, then I'd definitely go and see somebody about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and then also just gentle walking. So just having a walk maybe five or ten minutes with your baby after you've had, after, not after I've delivered, obviously, but within the weeks afterwards, yeah. getting mm-hmm. some fresh air, really important just to get your body moving. And then as time goes on, you can start to add in other things like some bridging exercises, so on your back, lifting with your knees bent up, lifting your bottom off the bed mm-hmm. you can maybe tie some gentle lunges at about four to six weeks if all is going well mm-hmm. maybe some squats but all just very gentle yeah. and if you do none of that and just have a walk that's also fine yeah um so yeah. it's just trying to get your body moving a little mm-hmm. bit because it's good for your blood circulation yeah. but just listen to your body and get individual individualized advice if you're not sure because this yeah. is the time to call for help especially yeah. with that six-week check mm-hmm. which kind of checks for baby and sort of checks the mama but doesn't really it's more baby yeah it doesn't really know 
so I think, um, yeah, it, six weeks they seem as a magic number, but really by six weeks we wouldn't be ready to go back to high impact sports. No. Um, so yeah. Okay. Um, and can I ask, when do you do you sort of see women that are having pelvic floor issues after birth, or do you say you see them around the six week mark or a bit after? Yes. So I do get pe- women contacting me early, say when can I come? So if they've had a vaginal delivery and has had, and they've had a tear and a episiotomy, it really must be healed because I so. Women's health physios generally do a vaginal exam to look at the pelvic floor. Yeah. yeah. But it's not compulsory and it's with your consent and it's ongoing yeah. consent. Yeah. And it's fully explained. So if a, if a woman comes to me and says, I don't want to have a vaginal exam, that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Most do because they feel like there's a problem. They want me to work out what it is and yeah. get them going yeah. on the exercises. Yeah. So the tissues have got to be healed, ideally. Right. I can do an examination without them healed, but I wouldn't do a vaginal exam. I'll do a visual. Yes. Um, and yeah. then we can kind of start from there. But yeah, six weeks is... Because also... Before six weeks, it's, it can be so chaotic, and there's so much you know adjusting to being a mum. There's so much Absolutely. to get used to. It can you feel might a bit really much. There's quite no, a so you're, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's really whenever they're ready, but ideally with the tissues being healed. And mm-hmm. and I sometimes see women at eight months postnatal, and that's yeah. fine too. Yeah, because they're still postnatal. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and like you said, sometimes problems can come out further down the line, yeah. and yeah. you think Absolutely. it could be a year later, or like you said, yes. years later. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And they kind of yeah. know something's not quite right, but not quite sure what it is, yeah. and then we can work out what's wrong and get it better. Is it ever too late? No, never. I mean, the older is not postnatal lady, obviously, when they're age 90, yeah. but I have seen... Well, yeah, I do see women in the 90s, <laughs> and I see, you know, 18 year olds as well. If she's had children, she is still postnatal in my mind. Just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Grandma postnatal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but again, that might be that they had a forceps delivery yonks ago, and, and now it's just started to be a problem. So, um, yeah, so any age, any age goes. That's yeah. absolutely fine. Pelvic floor health is always important. It is, No matter yeah. what age you are. Exactly, so. exactly. Thing. And we talked about the different things that do put the stress on, and how sports is one of those big mm. kind of stresses for the pelvic floor. What, yeah. what would you suggest to new mums that are kind of wanting to get that time back to themselves, mm. reconnect with their body a little bit, whether or not it's with fitness goals or just mental health well being? Yes, exactly. What would you recommend for them? Okay, so. Um, well, so essentially I'd say that I wouldn't go back to any high impact sports, which are things like running, until you're at least 12 weeks postnatal. Um, and that's because of all the things that high impact sports do to one's body. Mm-hmm. So when we're running, it's three and a half times our body weight going through our pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's got to be strong enough to cope with that. Otherwise, it can then become dysfunctional. So they might be fine. They start running and then they start to leak. And it's really frustrating having got back to running and then having to stop or yeah. change what you do. So there are some guidelines written by three physios in 2019, which are absolutely amazing. They're called the Return to Running Guidelines. And they're written specifically for the postnatal population. Essentially, what they are is a series of tests that I run my women through to check their fit to go back to running. So yeah. before that point, we would have we would have started to build them up. So we'll be doing helpful work, we'll do bidding glutes and abdominal work, etc. But essentially, it's a tick list to check there's no helpful dysfunction. So mm-hmm. questions about you know have you got any leaks, any symptoms of a prolapse, um, is pain is intercourse pain free, etc. Yeah. So we do the questioning bit, and then there's the physical test. So things like can you do a single um, heel raise twenty times? Yeah. Um, can you do um, a single leg? sit to stand however many times so because to run not only do you need a strong pelvic floor you also need strong muscles to power your body forward as well as a strong pelvic floor which is assessed in standing normally because that's the position that we run in so once those tests have been passed if all is well then we can start a return to running program and the best one is the i think is couch to 5k which is an nhs app it's free it's an amazing program done over nine weeks (laughs) and it's a walk run program so you plug your earplugs in listen to whoever's talking on the thing and the 
I'll say, right now, walk for a minute. So you walk and then you jog for a minute, etc. Okay. And over time, you build up that running time until you can do 5K. I actually did this. Did you? So yeah, I've done it in the past. So a year ago, a year and a half ago, I did a 5K to, for, for a charity. Amazing. And I've, I've never really been a runner. So I thought, right, I'm going to download this app. And yeah. I used the app to get to the point where I could actually do a 5K. Yeah. And so how did really, you find it? It was really good. Yeah. So the first week's quite tough. But like you say, they do it in stages. Like walk, then yeah. rest, then stop, then rest, yeah. then walk. Um, it does really really work it does it's, it's really effective and really I also effective. what's nice about it is if you get to week three and you think oh I'm finding this really hard you can stay at week three for as long as you want to that's right, and you can yeah. go up to week four and you're ready or that's you can go back right. down again if you've been ill yeah. so you can go up and down the program yeah. um, and it's just a really safe way to get back to running mm-hmm. other things just to consider are things like some really good trainers yeah. because your foot size might have changed when you're pregnant yeah. yes that's always a yeah, can shock, become wider <laughs> yes. um, and a good bra especially for breastfeeding yeah. we've got yeah. to protect our um, yeah. you know our structures yeah. well yes. yeah. um, so just getting your body ready and your kit ready um, is a really good idea as well but that's a really good way to get back into running safely because mm-hmm. um, we don't want anyone to have pelvic dysfunction once they've started because it's no. it's very disheartening yeah. Uh, yeah. and it's much better to kind of get there in a graded way in a safe way if possible yeah rebuilding that stress well as you're you know rebuilding up the strength in your legs and your cardio and things and yeah to rebuild that strength yeah. up with your pelvic floor yeah that's absolutely right. as well yeah Yes, course, and it's so the same. Important. It's the same with like weight training. So I see quite a few women weight training, which is brilliant because that's what we should all be doing, really. Um, and they need that kind of. So the the guidelines work for lots of sports, not just running. Mm-hmm. Um, but anything that's that require you know requires a bit more strength through your body, it's it's worth doing in a graded way if you can, not yeah. just leaving back in because it, it, you might be fine, but you might you might struggle, and then it's yeah. the same yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all very 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 useful. Very mm, good. Very interesting. Thank you. So do you? You get women who are in their pregnancy still. Do you work women in their pregnancies yes. or is that kind of recovery? Um, so I do both. So I get. Um, I also see women that have pelvic girdle pain as well. Oh, yeah. um, oh, so that's yeah. another group of women that I see in my yeah. clinic. Um, so that's really working out what's driving their pain and what can we do to reduce it or get rid of it. Yeah. Some just want to come because they just want to know about this. They've heard about this pelvic floor <laughs> and, and, and they think, oh, you know, I think I might do something about this. I don't want to have a problem after. So they come for that advice. Okay. And I give all the information I've given today about perineal massage, etc and then what to do postnatally so they kind of start getting rehabilitated Mm. before I might see them at six weeks yeah so so that kind of it's an ongoing process really and they'll they'll come in at some point along that line but yeah antenatally as well for sure yeah and um, have you got anything coming up in the near future, like any more courses and things like that? Yes, yeah, so I've just started uh, some workshops. Okay. So actually this Monday is my pelvic floor workshop, which okay. is designed not necessarily for pregnant women, it's more of a general information workshop all mm-hmm. about the pelvic floor and how we can maximise our pelvic floor health, really all about the bladder, the bowel, etc. Mm-hmm. and products, how to manage it. So that's on Monday, but I'm also going to launch a, um antenatal workshop, mm-hmm. and that's in September. I've really done that. We can put all of this in the blog um, on the episode. On the 18th Um, and that is really for pregnant women to come along Mm. hear about their pelvic floor learn how to exercise it learn about perineal massage what to do when to do how much etc and then like I talked about just now what to do after you've had your baby what to expect what's normal what's not normal and how to get you back to the kind of activities that you enjoy Um, yeah so that's on the 18th and then then in October there's more of a kind of menopause perimenopause one as well so I'm trying to cover all the different stages of life um, to give out information that we should all know but often we're not taught at school absolutely so it's kind of this blank area it should be shouldn't it it should be be. sorts of schools and it's it's a really important subject yeah absolutely 
so that's brilliant. We can put all that in the yeah, blurb. That, that will go in the links and everything. Website, everything so everyone knows where Lovely. to find you. Lovely. Yeah, we can do all that. But um, yes. yeah, that's all brilliant. Thank you very much for sharing that with us my today. My pleasure. Yes, Thank you for inviting me. Something I will be going off and doing my pelvic floor. Yeah, good. Good. Well, <laughs> excellent. I was doing them as we were doing this episode. Every so often, I was doing them. They got so, a bit of a workout today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. No, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning in to the East Surrey Bump to Baby podcast today. If you have any topics you'd like us to cover in the upcoming episodes, please do get in touch. You can find me, Becca, at Be Your Own Birth on www.beyourownbirth.co.uk and you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find me, Emma, at Car Mama Collective www.carmamacollective.co.uk and on Instagram I am carmama underscore hypnobirthing. We'll see you next time.